Thank you for downloading Fun Employment Radio. Do you live in constant fear of someone spilling coffee all over your computer and losing everything you own? Then you need Backblaze. Go to FunEmploymentRadio.com, click on the Backblaze link on the right-hand side, and never worry about your data ever again. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. I'm just saying it's probably not the best idea. To I think go it's an absolutely up. fabulous idea. You don't it's know the day what, and age that we live in. You, you have developed a problem between picking up a mirror out of the dumpster and bringing that up here to the studio. Now I you're bringing now you're bringing boots that you found in a dumpster and you're wearing them into the studio. Um, Greg, let's be honest. They weren't in the dumpster. They were next to the dumpster. There is a reason. If, if anyone has ever seen the dumpster outside of the building that our studio is in, you would understand that that is not a good thing. That's not that's not a good thing for anybody. Nobody they weren't needs inside that. of it. I'm just they were just they were sitting on the street. Okay, that's, that's what they were that's doing. That's close enough. Mm-hmm. Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network, then available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. All right, so we've got a bunch of stuff that's coming up on the show today, including. A very special guest. We're going to be joined by author Brandon Christopher, who is going to be here and uh, talking about his book, The Job Pirate. So he's had over 80-some jobs over the yeah. last 20 years. It's it's an amazing story. It's fascinating. And he's done all different kinds of jobs, from like working in porn to like working in... <laughs> I don't like, know if... Uh, he, yeah, but you should clarify that. I don't think he was a porn star. Well, we should have him tell us. Well, I don't know then. Okay, that's I guess true. That's, we, don't, that, we don't know what happens I, with the intricacies of working inside of a porn studio. I guess that's kind of up to him. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Brandon Christopher will be joining us here in just a little bit. It's going to be awesome. Um, and before that, we do want to say, if, uh, we want to remind everybody to go ahead and pick up a Fun Employment Radio hat at funemploymentradio.com slash store, where you can pick up a fine uh, Fun Employment Radio ball cap. You sir. sure can. Yes, indeed. And I don't even like hats, and I actually like the way that this one looks on me. No, they're pretty, they're really nice hats. Because you can like, get like joking. a really like shoddily made one. These mm-hmm. are these are amazing. You can also get them in person at Asylum on 37th and Southeast Hawthorne. Yeah. So pick, they're there if you just want to, don't want to wait. Uh, well, if you're, if you're here in Portland, yeah, you can go pick one up there at 37th and Hawthorne at Asylum, or you can uh, order one on the store at funemploymentradio.com slash store if you're somewhere else. See, people in the chat are like split 50-50 over my dumpster diving All right, a little let's bit. E- let's explain this. So for those of you that don't know, we have our studio here in Southeast Portland. It's a very nice studio, but we're in a building with a bunch of other businesses. It's like a four or five story building, something like that. And there is a community dumpster basically out in our parking lot for everybody from and here. And by community, we mean not just everybody in the building. They stop blocking the dumpster. It's from everywhere around here. You never know. When you show up in the morning, you never know what is gonna, going to show up in there. I mean, oh, a and lot let's of just times. be honest. People who are in the building and they don't want to like put their trash in their own garbage cans, you can just see people emptying out their cars yeah. and putting their trash in the garbage well, cans. Well, but at least they're paying for rent here. I'm talking about there's all kinds of stuff from around this area of Portland that we're in, which is it's, it's an industrial area. We'll say that. You never know what you're going to find around that dumpster. You never know who's going to be hiding in the dumpster. The, that's true, too. Mm-hmm. The key thing is, though, I don't go through anything that's on or near or in the dumpster. Sarah has developed this habit. I, I'm I'm afraid to say it may be a habit now. Twice in the what? last month, this may be becoming a habit. And, and I don't think I like this idea at all because you're bringing this stuff into the studio. Now, she found a mirror, a giant mirror by the studio. Unbroken by the, mirror. It's a wonderful mirror. 
Well, there was a reason it was thrown away. I don't know what that reason is. I'm thinking maybe it's a hell mirror, but we don't know. And Sarah picked no, it up. If it was a hell mirror, it would be at your house, which we'll touch on in a little bit and here. S- and Sarah brought it here into the studio. So it's sitting here in the, st- in the green room now, just for no reason, no purpose. It's been sitting there for about a month uh, while Sarah's determining what she wants to do. It serves a purpose. It's a mirror. I bet everybody who's been in the studio has used that mirror at one point or another. It's nice to have a mirror to check your appearance. Mm-hmm. A dumpster mirror. Let's, let's make it's sure not it's- a dumpster mirror. Again, it was outside of the dumpster. That's still a It was dumpster leaning mirror. outside of the dumpster. It was not inside of the dumpster marinating in the dumpster juices. It was outside. It's close enough. Close <laughs> enough. It may have been mitterated upon. We don't know. So so there's the, the mirror. And then now Sarah has gone ahead and picked up clothing. This is a clothing this option. This is not clothing. Uh, boots are an accessory. Okay. That is not clothing. I would say... Are you is a part of your body enveloped by this by this item? Slightly enveloped. I would say so. A part of your body that's probably the sweatiest. It is not the sweatiest. What are you talking about? For anybody, your feet are usually the sweatiest. And you went ahead and picked up these boots that were sitting outside of the dumpster. They're this brand morning. new. They're really nice looking boots. They're I'm, leather ankle boots with a little strap on. I okay. post, I took a picture of my dumpster boots and I'm posting them. Okay, this is in the live chat for live yes. listeners, funemploymentradio.com slash live. And we'll also post them on this episode of Fun Employment Radio at funemploymentradio.com. So Sarah is posting a picture of the dumpster boots that she found. Now, I'm going to – Stop calling I, them Okay, I want you boots. to explain to me – explain to me this then. If these are such nice boots and they they're really so – They really are. Okay, why would they be thrown away? I have Give no me idea. your theory. Give me your hypothesis on this because you they have to think about it. They are super comfortable. This. They're exactly my size. The soles have not been walked on. They're like brand new. They're brand new boots. So I have why, no idea why. They were just sitting next to the dumpster, but, and I saw them, and ankle boots, very in, Greg. And somebody just decided, they're like, Sarah, what we're going to do is leave. We know that you probably can't afford a new pair of boots right now, so what I'm going to do is set aside this cute pair of dumpster boots okay. and let you have them. They were sitting there side by side, not all but, tossed, like somebody had gently placed this, them there. They wanted them to have a new home. Maybe okay. they got the wrong size of boots, and they weren't able to uh, exchange them because it was a no-return policy. So therefore, they're like, maybe somebody in the building would like to have this brand new pair of nice ankle boots that I haven't worn yet. So they just set them by the dumpster. Okay, that's that's one theory. Sure, somebody, somebody spent good money on very nice boots and just set them by the dumpster for no reason at all because that's what you do. By the way, we're not in like some rich neighborhood where it's just like rich people who set their stuff out to the curb. No, I don't think that's what the what the issue is. Uh, somebody in the live chat just mentioned maybe they were involved in a murder. That could be it. They could be part of some kind of an evidence that now you're you're wearing and you have brought into the studio. I brought so murder you brought- boots, murder boots, and a haunted mirror. Let me just say, state for the record, Greg. So you're sitting here talking about the things around the dumpster that I've collected, be it the giant mirror that I brought to the studio for the sake of everybody so they could like take a look at themselves, feel good about themselves, me with my new um, side dumpster boots that are brand new. That oh, some- dumpster boots, Dylan. But uh, and, and in the chat, Shockwave said they're not dumpster boots. They're free-cycled. That was exactly what they are. But I seem to recall – Somebody actually fishing a Blazers basketball hoop out of the inside of the dumpster and taking it home with them and maybe or maybe not having that at their house. Well, yeah, but that's different. How is that different? You fished it out of the dumpster. My boots have not been in the dumpster. You actually fished it out of the dumpster, brought it home, and you still have it. But here's the thing with that, though. Okay, here's the thing with that. So that that's not something I'm going to wear. It stays outside. That's where it is. I may may or may not sell it. I've still been debating that for a while. That's that's a different situation. It's not an item of clothes. It's like I dug dug through there and found a jacket. I'm like, wow. It's that's not like a- I'm wearing a hat that I found or something. They're bo- they're brand new boots. 
that your feet are now marinating in. My feet are not marinating in them. They're very comfortable. They have like a, a heel. You yes. don't like them because they have a heel on them. No, that has Because nothing. now I tower over you. <laughs> no, that is not the situation. What I'm, what I'm saying is I just wish you would, you would maybe think about this. There is a legitimate reason why those were sat by the dumpster. And I'm thinking maybe you need to, you need to think well, about this Well, let me tell you this. Living more. in an apartment building where uh, people leave stuff, uh, myself included, I leave stuff by the dumpster all the time. A lot of the stuff is because basically I'll leave like dresses or shirts or shoes or belts or anything that um, – because I'm never going to wait in line at a fucking Buffalo Exchange or something to, to have them. Explain what that is. Nobody knows what that is. A Buffalo is. Exchange is where you can bring it, – it's like a store here where you can bring your clothing in to be like resold by them and they'll pay you a small percentage of what the astronomical price that they're going to charge for your clothes and the stuff that they don't take they shame you into thinking that you're unfashionable and then they try to convince you to leave your clothes there with them and they'll donate them to goodwill secret is they don't donate it to goodwill they actually put all of your shit that they reject because they don't want to pay you and sell it anyway okay because that's happened to me all right so anyway i don't do that so i'd rather just give my stuff to people like in my community or in my apartment building so people do that all the time like they'll set out shoes they'll set out sweatshirts sweaters Whatever. This is at your apartment complex. Mm, at my apartment, then outside near the dumpster, like people will set out bowls and chairs. And how it's, many it's items fluid. have you collected from the dumpster by your house? Um, none that I can recall off the top of my head. But let me tell you, when I put my clothes out, like I just did a few days ago, put out a couple skirts I don't wear anymore, and like a sweater and a belt, and they're all they're all gone within a day. Okay, well, at least I'll say this. That's at your apartment building. So even though you may not know somebody, there's some relative familiarity because of the fact that it's somebody from in the building. This is at a dumpster in a parking lot in industrial Portland. That's, a, that's an open, open dumpster for basically the community to use, regardless of what the purpose is. I'm saying that's a little bit different. Now, the fact that these boots are just sitting by there, and as you claim, they're very nice boots, it just leads me to question, why are they there? Who would leave those there? What is the, what is the reason someone would leave a perfectly good pair of boots, as you claim they are? Again, I'm saying some stores have weird return policies. Maybe a, like somebody bought it as a present for someone, and they <laughs> fell out of favor with their friendship, and so they decided to just give them away. Maybe They didn't give them away. They threw them away. They didn't throw them away. If they threw them away, they would have thrown them into the dumpster. They were outside of the dumpster, placed there lovingly, looking for a new home, That's... which is on my feet right now. Oh, you don't know where these things came from, Sarah. What, they could have bed bugs in them. We don't know. They don't have bed bugs in them. The, do you know? Yes, I know, Greg. They're if like your feet new. start itching, you're going to know why. It's going to be because of that boot. And if you brought bed bugs into the studio, that's I'm going to be very upset. I did not bring bed bugs into the studio. Will you stop saying that and don't I... say the BB word inside of a rental space? Well, don't bring something like that in here that could have. All right, fine. I'm saying you don't have it, but I just I don't know. I'm just saying we should probably. Probably be careful with that. Well, I'm saying there are lots of, like, perhaps in, in the past there are pairs of shoes that I've purchased that I never wore, and then I would actually give them away. Yes, you would give them away. Yeah, I'd give them away. Not set them by a dumpster in a public area. Yeah, I would set them by a dumpster in a public area or in, like, the common area in okay. my well, apartment. Okay, well, maybe this is – okay, I know. I understand this is a very sensitive issue for you. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, <laughs> all right. Stop trying to take away from my dumpster. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Um all right, all right, fine. Your dumpster boots I'm are just, just saying, fine. I'm just saying you don't have a leg to stand on if you took something out of the dumpster. Completely different. And brought it home. Clothing, taking clothing items from a dumpster is completely different than taking some other kind of furniture item. 
And that's not even furniture. It's not going in my house. It's, it's so a you've never taken anything from like a free box on the corner? Uh, I try not to, honestly, because I usually wonder, question why it's free. Oh, free boxes are amazing. There's, who was, I think it was Rick one time, Rick Emerson, that said he was, he was trying to get rid of some things outside of his, uh, like some furniture, and he set them out and put free on them, and nobody took them, and, but then he put $10, and then, and then they were stolen like within a half hour. <laughs> that, that's kind of way, the way I would look at it. I mean, I would probably fall for that more than I would something for free. I'm like, if something's free... Yeah. Oh, Mr. Jenke brings up a good point in the chat. He said, uh, so Greg is saying that the mirror is okay. I'm not because saying it's the furniture, okay. right? I'm not saying the mirror is okay because it's gigantic and it's just kind of sitting against our wall in there. But I guess in comparison, if I had to compare the two, I would say the mirror is okay compared to dumpster boots. I mean, what's next? What, it's, it's just a, it's a slippery slope, and I just want you to watch out for yourself. I mean, what if there's a nice pair of socks that look like they haven't been worn? I'm not going to get it? socks out of the dumpster, Greg. Those are different. Okay. Plus, what is your limit on it? Let well, me okay. just tell you. I okay, have been okay. I know you're angry. No, no, no. I get you angry. angry. No, I get no, you no. angry. I'm not angry at all, but I'm telling you, I have been <laughs> buying. Angry. I have been buying used shoes, and I don't care because many people don't in thrift stores because they think it's gross. I've been buy- buying like used shoes my entire life. So, I mean, used shoes don't bother me. Again, there is a difference between the sides. Okay, but fine, whatever. Uh, what is your limit on what you would take from, from the side of a dumpster what, for, for clothes? Do you, have, do you have like a rule? Do you have like a thing? Or is it just kind of a piece-by-piece basis? Um, well, I wouldn't get like underwear or socks from there. So you do have some standards? Yeah. Okay. And Other I wouldn't than probably, that, it's, I wouldn't it's probably a get a blanket all. or furniture like or something you know that something could nestle inside of. Okay. Um but yeah, I'd get like a I'd get a hat. I've bought hats at thrift stores. I'm not talking about buying something at a thrift store. I'm talking about something out of a dumpster. Oh, out of a dumpster. No, I wouldn't do a hat. I'd do a jacket. I'd do boots. I'd do a belt. Um that's probably maybe a scarf. Sunglasses for sure. I would totally wear dumpster sunglasses. Those would be amazing. Dumpster full of sunglasses. What if there's what if there's a dumpster full of sunglasses out there right man, now? Did you go through oh, it? Man. Maybe you ought to hop there in there. There was this fantasy story that I was reading. It's that's actually a real story, but it was a fantasy of mine about this woman who dumpster dives in New York. But she only dumpster dives outside of uh like fancy boutique like skincare places. Okay, again, where we are is not a place in New York where there's fancy skincare boutique places. I like this area of Portland. It's uh what you would call Quirky. It's an industrial area. There's a lot. Of, there's needles in in parking lots. Some places around here. It's not. You cannot compare those two things. This would be the opposite end of it's that. Also saying, let's keep in mind, this is the guy that uh, is the same guy who takes his shoe off, uh, shoes off on airplanes. No, I just take my shoes off. I leave my socks on. That's a little bit different. But I'm not. I'm not well, wearing. Well, that's funny because shoes. I'm wearing socks right now too. I'm wearing socks and tights actually. Oh, thank God. Because otherwise, you don't want that thing touching your bare skin. Oh, my God. All right. Well, let's just leave that. Leave that where it is. Well, now we've learned something. Thanks. Okay. So what? So I'm proud of my dumpster boots. And yes, I will pick up things off the side of the road. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Because you know what? They're the perfect price when they're in the free box. It is the most satisfying thing when you get something awesome for free. Yeah. So much of our life is controlled by those little bits of paper. That's just real nice to just get something from the community. I want to mute you really bad right now. <laughs> no, I would not do a wig, ever. I would never get a wig out of a... All right. We're just moving on. Hello, my friends. My name is Sarah Dillon. Welcome to my world of crazy. Crazy. Greg, first up, I just wanted to give you a little update. Abe Vigoda still alive. 
Oh, excellent. It's his 94th birthday today. Isn't there a website like, is Abe Vigoda alive or something yeah, like that? Yeah, every like five or so years, uh, people think that he's dead. But no, Abe Vigoda still lie, uh, alive and kicking. All right. So uh, that was the first celebrity news. Second celebrity news, I know you've seen it, but I don't know if you've read all of the details. Greg, it has been announced today. Netflix and Judge Judd Apatow teamed up to bring the next Pee Wee Herman's next big adventure. Yes, indeed. Yes, they have, and it starts filming in just a couple weeks. So it's the new Pee Wee movie. It's going to be on Netflix. It's going to be on Netflix. It is. It already sounds amazing. Uh, basically, he's going on a holiday. He meets a meets a mysterious stranger. It's called Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Yes. And then uh, he goes on adventures after that. I could not be more excited. If you listen to the show, you know how much I love Pee Wee Herman and Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Pee Wee's Playhouse. And any time that I'm upset or things aren't going right, I could always I can always watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure and it'll make me happy because it's like my happiest movie ever. Uh, so I am I am very very excited. Fair, so yeah, so it's Pee Wee's Big I, Holiday. Yes, it it's is. A, it's a film by Paul Rubens and Paul Rust, uh, available exclusively through Netflix. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's interesting. I thought it was going to be a full big screen release, but straight to Netflix. Yeah, so uh, Paul Rust was a writer on comedy. Uh, well, he is a writer on comedy Bang Bang, and was a writer on Arrested Development. Yeah, which is amazing. Uh, so in Pee Wee's Big Holiday, a fateful meeting with a mysterious stranger inspires Pee Wee Herman to take his first ever holiday in this epic story of friendship and destiny. So awesome! So let me tell you this: after I told Greg about this this morning, Greg, what did you spend the morning doing? Well, I didn't spend the morning doing this. What did you spend a little I, bit of time doing? I spent doing today? like fifteen minutes doing this. I joined the Pee Wee Herman fan club, which was—I didn't realize there was a fan club that you could sign up for, and it's kind of a VIP so sign up thing. And then you write a personal message. It's called. Pee Wee Herman's free premium diamond platinum club. Oh. It's available at peewee.com. And then you sign up for it, and then you write a little story to him, and you tell him, um, you just uh, write a, a, it says a short or long essay or simple message to me, Pee Wee Herman. So I wrote him a message and told him how awesome he is. Oh, that's so cute. Yes. All right. Uh, well, uh, the Netflix chief content officer, the guy who picks out all the stuff that's on Netflix, his name's Ted Sarandos, uh, said, We didn't hesitate for a moment knowing that Pee Wee's Big Holiday was such a passion project for both Paul and Judd, and we're delighted by the opportunity to introduce such a beloved character to a new generation. We're thrilled to bring our viewers around the world the wonder of Pee Wee Herman. Uh, he goes on to say, as a fan of Pee Wee Herman since he first appeared on The Dating Game, I'm thrilled to have this opportunity to work with Paul Rubens on this film. It's a dream come true. This is Judd Apatow. So Pee Wee says, Judd and I jumped up this movie four years ago. The world was much different back then. Netflix was waiting by mailbox for red envelopes to arrive. I've changed that. The future is here. Get used to it. Nice. Pee Wee, Greg. Oh, man. It said a new generation. And I'm happy for Pee Wee Herman for for newfound fame. But does that mean there's going to be a bunch of bandwagon Pee Wee Herman fans now? There aren't going to be bandwagon Pee Wee Herman fans. I'm OG Pee Wee. Maybe you can be like, I don't know, do like some kind of peewee gangster costume. I don't Since you think do like to dress as him a lot. I don't think that's what I'm going to do. Hey, all right, so that's the exciting peewee news. Uh, next up in different news, hey, Portland might have been right, Greg. New studies are finding that fluoride, although it is good for your teeth, might be bad for your mental health. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Fluoride uh, could be causing depression and weight gain. And this is a study that's found in, uh, that's been done in England. That uh, a study of 98% of people who were exposed to fluoride uh, said that they have underactive thyroids and it's making them more depressed and causing them to gain some extra pounds. And it doesn't I say. This kind of seems like a conspiracy nut thing. Yeah. Because it doesn't say how fluoride's doing it. it. That's exactly it. I mean, people. 
So in Portland, in case anybody doesn't know, Portland, Oregon, there was a big, big, big thing a couple years ago, whether they were going to put fluoride into Portland's water. It's one of the only places where they don't have fluoride in it. People here are very sensitive about it. Hmm. Very sensitive about it. And whether or not they very anti-fluoride or very pro, the anti-fluoride group is very anti. I don't think fluoride makes you crazy. All right, Most of the world has been... Not crazy, depressed. Depressed, in okay. Fact. Well, uh, that... Most of Portland is depressed. How is fluoride going to add? Yeah, okay. I don't. Well, previous studies have found that uh, fluoride does inhibit the production of iodine, which is essential for a healthy thyroid. The thyroid gland, which is found in the neck, regulates the metabolism as well as many other systems in the body, which, uh, when underactive, can lead to depression, weight gain, fatigue, and aching muscles. And they're blaming fluoride for this? They're blaming fluoride for it. How? Because they're saying that it inhibits the iodine. That it does it, that it's iodine. all, okay. Yes. Yeah. It's such a small amount of fluoride that is in that. that okay. Whatever. I know we're, we'll still get emails over that. Oh, that's fine. The dangers of fluoride. Well, and I do want us to have time for ball talk, so I do have one more story that I want to get in. Okay. And this is, uh, I've just found this interesting, and it is weird. It's, it's world of crazy, so it's a little nutty. So this is a story about a Catholic priest. Now, this is a Catholic priest from Massachusetts, and this happened ooh, This happened recently, okay. where he was officially declared dead for 48 minutes before a medical team was able to revive his heart with the help of a high-tech machine. Now, that isn't the... Well, I mean, it's impressive that he, he was, was declared able to be... dead for 48 minutes? He was declared dead for 48 minutes before a medical team was able to revive his heart and bring him back to life. I'll be honest, why would they still be working on him if he was dead for that long? Don't they usually just be like, ah, well, you're dead. That's it. I'm so glad you're not a doctor. I mean, that's how it is in the movies. Like, if, if the heart stops, like, movies well, Movies are a limited well, time frame. I don't think they, that they just stop. And then they pull the sheet over your head and like, well, say la vie. Nice to know ya. Well, this Catholic priest, his name is Father John Michael O'Neill. Well, it sounds like a good Catholic name. Yeah, Father is. John Michael O'Neill. Had been declared 48 minutes, and the doctors managed to revive his heart to a uh, a normal rhythm. All right, but the thing that's strange about this is that his controversial claim that he has now expressed, saying that he did in fact meet God when he was dead. Okay. And that God is actually a woman. This is a Catholic, staunch Catholic priest. Okay. He said that, uh, so they wanted to make sure that he had any brain damage. He didn't have any brain damage after dying for actually 48 minutes. He perfectly recovered from the incident. So this uh, 71-year-old priest claims that during his 48 minutes of being dead, he had the chance to go to heaven and met God. Uh, so he's O'Neill, who's Catholic priest O'Neill, described God as a warm and comforting motherly figure. So uh, according to reports, he, the priest claims he had a clear and vivid memory of what happened to him. He describes a strange out-of-body experience, experiencing an intense feeling of unconditional love and acceptance, as well as being surrounded by an overwhelming light. He claims that at the point of his experience, he went to heaven and encountered God, which he describes as a woman, a mother-like being of light. So, of course, him being a Catholic priest has caused a little stir in the Catholic clergy of the archdiocese, causing the archbishop to summon a press conference and try to calm the rumors. So despite disapproval, he says he will continue dedicating his life to spreading the word that God is indeed a female. All right. I guess there will be people that will have a problem with that, which is silly. Well, I just found that really interesting, like especially how how conservative the Catholic church is. Yeah. How this guy is actually saying, nope, it's a woman. Yeah, that's going to ruffle some feathers. Mm-hmm. That'll definitely do it. 
so the Roman Catholic Archdiocese cannot confirm yet whether or not they will allow Father O'Neill to resume his preaching practices in his former parish. I'm thinking probably not. No, they like to have pretty pretty good control. They have some that pretty stuff. tight reins on that. Being raised Catholic, it's very it's pretty strict as to what what the grand idea is. Yeah, as uh, Bean in the live chat noted, uh, Kevin Smith was right. Because okay. God was Alanis Morissette in Dogma. Sure was. So there we go. <laughs> All right, there you have it, my friends. That's your world of crazy. It's crazy. All right. Um, let's see here. I we may be out of time for uh, for a ball talk. Okay. But I know that we had a couple of other things that you wanted to bring up that you had told me. Oh yes, yes, yes. I wanted to bring up really quick the emails that I got. Okay, because I'll be honest. Because I've been I've been working on. Uh, our tax stuff. Uh, this is behind the scenes. I've been yes, working I on tax stuff. Yes, I want to thank Greg so much. He's been working on this undyingly. Uh, we, we had a uh, QuickBooks issue, which messed up our tax stuff. So I've been reorganizing that stuff. Um, and then we're meeting with H&R Block today. H&R Block, fine sponsor of Fun Employment Radio. And we're meeting with Gilbert, who is our tax rep, which you heard here on Fun Employment Radio. And so we're going to be meeting with him this afternoon at their location on Sandy Boulevard here in Portland. You can give him a call at 503 231 8888. Yep. And set up your appointment with them. Gilbert is awesome. So uh, so we're doing that. But I know we've got some other emails and stuff, and I have not paid attention. And Sarah was very excited to share some emails with me that we got from I listeners. I did. So, of course, we were talking about your dreams yesterday when uh, you would come on the show and you were talking about this creepy dream that you had about how this, like, lamb baby thing was out on your front patio asking yeah. to come inside your house. Yeah, it was a cross between a la- – this was an actual dream I had. I explained it all yesterday on the show if you want to listen to that episode. But um, it was basically a lamb that was on my front porch, but it had a human face, and it kept ask- saying, uh, just let me in. Let me in. I want to come inside. Let I want to come in, inside. Greg. Let me in. Well, I guess it didn't say your name. It just kept saying to let you in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was quite disturbing. It was quite a disturbing dream. Well, got a few emails, but I picked out a couple of my favorites. So here are um, – so people had some things to say about your sheep lamb baby dream thing. So this is from um, someone. They said, it's obvious what your sheep baby dream is, Greg. It was the baby Jesus trying to save you from your demon house. Instead, you slammed the door to your heart and your house so that you you could continue to cavort with the succubus Eunice. You're an evil man. Good luck to you. Okay. To explain some of that, of course, my house is supposedly haunted. That's what people say. You can watch the video Nightmare at Nibblers, which you can get at funemploymentradio.com. Uh, so they're saying that was that was supposed to be Jesus visiting me in my dream. Yeah, maybe So it Jesus was... is not a – or God is not a woman. It's a sheep baby person. Well, maybe that's the way that you know they felt better to – you know, to talk to you as didn't maybe. seem very, um, very. I I don't know. I got a dispute in my dream. It did not seem very friendly. Okay, it didn't seem very magical. No, I did not want to let it into my house. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, this other one says, uh, "Congratulations, Greg. Uh, sounds like Nightmare at Nibblers introduced a little demonic activity and influence into your house to go along with the ghosts. Have fun with that." Wait, Rob what from is it Texas. saying? De- I'm, I'm sorry. Can you say that one more time? Sounds like Nightmare at Nibblers introduced a, also a little d- demonic activity and influence into your house to go along with the ghosts. So what they're saying that's a demon? A yeah. Demon so they're saying that not dream? only do you have the ghosts, but maybe a little little demon thing going on as well. <sighs> okay. See, I don't like the idea of that at all. That that that's actually quite disturbing to me. So that was possibly because it was like outside of my house and kept trying to get in in this dream and and was like following around wherever I was in the house. It was just staring in the window. Okay, that's that. I don't like that idea. What do you mean? Is that possible? I think it's possible. I think anything's possible. Okay. Yeah. This is this is upsetting to me. Well, you can you can watch Nightmare at Nibblers, FunEmploymentRadio.com. You can click on that link there and watch uh, watch that. 
It's yep. Norma saying Greg lives in a hell mouth. Eunice is angry that you showed her moving about in Nightmare at Nibbler. So that, that is supposedly the ghost. Yeah, mm-hmm. that lives there. Um, hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not. I'm not too enthused by these responses from this email. Send us an email. Funemploymentradio gmail dot com. Let us know what you think. But I. I. I don't like those. I don't like either of those. Because if it was supposed to be a good thing that I was supposed to let in, then I messed up in my dream. Oh, and if then your if instincts bad, in your dream were telling you to stay away from the lamb baby with the human face, I would yeah, say probably. It don't. was really creepy. It really yeah. is one of the creepiest dreams I've had in a long time. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I was not excited to see it. God dang it! That's a demon in there. I don't like this idea at all. All right. We, need, we should take a break. Yeah. We should take a break. This is upsetting me. Um, let's take a break here because we're going to be joined by Brandon Christopher, author of The Job Pirate, here in just a minute. So he's going to tell us all about all about the millions, not millions, but it seems like that, uh, over 80-some jobs that he's many, had over many 20 years. Many, many jobs yes. Completely wide-ranging. It's really awesome. He's got a new book out, and uh, we're going to talk to him. So let's take a break. We'll be back here in a minute with more Fun Employment Radio. <laughs> You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Fun Employment Radio, and that's a uh, the full dot com scenario. Uh, and you're listening to well, not at the moment. Uh, I'm Reese Darby. Uh, should have said that at the beginning. But after me, uh, you'll be listening to Nibbler and Dylan. Always a good laugh there. Uh, so enjoy them, and I'll see you next time. See, that's the same concern that I had. It is not. It's not a valid concern. Well, it it is. I think it's. It's, It has to be a more porous material. (laughs) That that makes absolutely no sense. It makes all the sense. All right, let's go ahead and bring on our our guest while we're not uh, arguing about dumpster boots. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Welcome to Fun Employment Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we are joined now by the author of The Job Pirate, Brandon Christopher. Good afternoon, guys. Hi, Brandon. So we were talking earlier, um, well, when Brandon came into the studio, I did ask him offhand what he thought about maybe finding free shoes on the side of the street. And the first thing Brandon said was, boots, yes. Shoes, no. Shoes, no. Because boots are less porous. Mm -hmm. So that's really the concern, that they're less porous? Yeah, because the bedbugs have to have like little nooks and crannies to get into. That's true. Actually, I did uh, when I first moved to Seattle. There was a big bed bug situation in my first apartment complex, and they live in the walls. They could live in your computer. They could live <gasps> anywhere oh. in your TV set. So if you if you travel, you have to like heat everything to 140 degrees. But wow, yeah, yeah. So tennis shoes because the cotton or the material, I would definitely say no. But boots. You know, leather, they can't really get in there. That's oh, I, I, okay. I had a friend who got bed bugs, and it was the most traumatic experience for her. Because every time, like, she can't shop anywhere anymore, like, shop at vintage stores because she's afraid she's going to bring them home. Yep. And she had to cook, yeah, to heat everything yeah. in a special, like, bag. Oh, like, it's, every single it's, thing. Yeah. you got to put your shoes in the oven. Actually, you have to put all your clothes in the dryer and then put your shoes in the oven for, like, 200 degrees for half an hour. Damn. Jesus. Yeah, I, I had them well, once. Well, now I'm rethinking the dumpster in, uh, I got them in California when I was on vacation at a cheap hotel. Motel. Let's be honest. <laughs> it was a motel. And, Is that uh, when you got pink eye simultaneously? Yeah, too? I got pink eye at the same time. <laughs> I got pink eye from a bowling alley and bed bugs from a motel and all happening at once and then Jeez. had to fly home with like these giant sores all over me and like red bloodshot eyes that are oozing. It was it was the worst thing ever. They should not have allowed me on the plane, but I just wore sunglasses and just tried to like I would have totally complained about you if you would if you sat oh, next yeah. to me on the plane. <laughs> I was fully expecting not being allowed on the plane, but I'm like, well, I'm and I I was wearing different clothes, so I'm 
I don't know. Maybe I carried him with me. I don't know. I could I could have. Um, I think you would know by now if that was many years ago if you had carried them with you or not. Well, no, I I boxed up everything into a into a bag and like wrapped it all in like plastic bags. And then uh, and then went on. I probably shouldn't have done that, but I needed to get home, so I did it. Well, I did find out one thing is actually bed bugs hate tobacco and coffee. Oh, really? Yeah. So well, I, I do both, so I'm cool, I guess. You then go. you're safe. <laughs> so you're preventing it. They don't want to come in, come near you. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about your new book. This is so awesome. So it just came out. It just came out on the 19th uh, last last week, yeah. Oh, my God. That's only five days ago. I know. Whoa. Right and on. things have been kind of picking up is what you were saying a little bit. Yeah. Doing interviews, doing That's TV fantastic. stuff, uh, going to Seattle for a uh, another TV show ne- or in a couple weeks, uh, the, doing some radio show, The Boss Show. Nice. Uh, yeah. doing. I did an interview with The Oregonian uh, a couple days ago and LA Weekly. And yeah, things are really wow. taking off. Yeah. Wow. Good reviews so far. And I'm really happy about that. Well, and the concept of the book is so awesome. Like for anybody who hasn't heard about it, um, could you describe it for them? Yeah. Basically, it's a, a collection of essays about uh, all my jobs. I've had uh, about, I guess I'm on the 83rd job now. So I'm 42 and I've had 83 jobs and, and all across the board. I, That's you know, impressive. From mortuary driver to plumber to door to door. Thai salesman to uh, wrote for Amazon, uh, wrote for Zulily, uh, was in porn, wrote for porn for a while. Okay, yeah. yeah we, so I had mentioned the porn thing, and Greg, I don't think, had read that part, and he's just like, wait, 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 are you sure porn? I'm like, no, I'm not, I don't think it was in porn, but we should wait to ask him when he gets here. <laughs> oh, wait, I, there was an eyebrow raise. Did you I, well, perform? I've got, I've got two porn stories. Okay. I want, let's, I want okay. both of them. Let's hear a porn story. Uh, first one was I worked at a, actually the nation's biggest gay uh, gay men's magazine, um, and I was associate editor for that. It was called Men, and there was Freshman, and there was Unzipped. So they had three. Okay, I've know, heard of Unzipped. I haven't heard of the other ones. Okay, man on man porn, and I'm straight, and I didn't tell them I was straight until about eight months in because they, they paid well. Um, yeah, I had my own office, and I was just doing all this erotic writing. I'm just writing all the stuff. I was associate editor and contributing writer. And, I wonder if we actually yes. have any of your man on man porn because I swear to God, we have a wonderful gay listener. Uh, who brought us a bunch of copies of mm-hmm. the different? What it, one of them was tops to bottoms, something like that. Yeah, yeah. We have some of them in there, so maybe one of your stories will be in there. We'll have to check Should after be. this. Could yeah. very well be. Yeah, I used a lot of aliases though, because I did so much writing for the stuff. I had to use different, you know, names. So oh, I yeah. No, different... were they porn, like porny sounding aliases? No, no, no. Actually, they were really cool, like Nicholas Rapier. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. That's classy. How did you even get into that? Like how? Uh, you know, just in L.A. at some point, I, would, I did a lot of shitty jobs for a long time. And then in, uh, I would say, my mid-30s, I just started pursuing actual writing jobs. And so there's not many writing jobs, you know, outside of, like, Hollywood stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and so actually I got hired as a proofreader for this company, and they just liked my stuff. I started doing a couple articles for them, and they just bumped me up to associate editor. and Nice. And, yeah, it was, it was actually less there a year. It did result in a sexual harassment situation with the only two straight people there, me and this other female editor. Um, things just got a little, a little wild. <laughs> oh, my God. It was actually – I mean she kind of got psycho with me. It wasn't, oh, wow. Yeah. So it, I was trying to be cool, you know. Yeah. But um, I guess she put a woman in – you know, surrounded by 50 gay men, you know, a, a heterosexual woman and she goes after the, the only heterosexual guy like, like <laughs> a doggone – a fly on shit or something. Fly on shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so so you've had all these different jobs. Like, what's how come? I guess basically that. Let me just ask ask that. Like, how has this happened that you've had all these different jobs? 
Like, uh, why is that? You know, it started out just being a writer in L.A. There, mm-hmm. there weren't many, like, jobs for a novelist. And so I kind of started taking just jobs just to pay the rent and, and you know, keep a roof over my head. And then after a while, um, I think it was in my mid-20s, my dad said, you know, you – gotten fired so many damn times you should write a fucking book about it i was like yeah that's a great idea he was being sarcastic like yeah that's a great idea so i started doing that and started taking more and more jobs and oh that's kind of neat so when you were taking the jobs were you kind of did you have the idea of the book in mind exactly yeah so by like late 20s maybe 30 i started to kind of just take crazier and crazier jobs and like try to get fired in more elaborate ways (laughs) That was the whole thing. Just thought it'd be a great, this is going to be a great short story. So. That's awesome. So you're just going into the job like, all right, this is going to be a story, but so fuck it. I'm just going to do Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of this. how we do our show a little bit. Whenever I go into a situation, like, I need to take something from this for tomorrow's show. <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, I'm trying to think. Actually, there was one more porn job I did. There was, is this the second porn story? This is the second porn okay, story. Um, and this one I kind of took because it was great money. It was 1000 bucks a week and, and it was a lot of travel. But it was uh, the first ever reality porn show. It was right when American Idol started to get really big. And so Adam and Eve Productions put on this show called The Search for Adam and Eve, which was like a reality show trying to find the next two big porn stars. So we did auditions in New York and South Beach, you know, Miami and Vegas and L.A. And, um, what, what's involved in an Adam and Eve audition? Did you just exactly, exactly what you thought <laughs> it is? I mean, there's a Were whole, they paired up? Uh, sometimes. If, okay. they came, if they came in pairs, they would do that. But for the most part, it was just sit there in front of the whole camera crew, the writer, producers, the lighting guys. I mean, 15, 20 people. And just to kind of, for the females, undress, you know, sexually. And then for the guys, just kind of rub one. Not to completion, <laughs> but if you can get hard. Because that was the key thing is a lot of guys can't get hard. On uh, in porn. Oh, with a whole bunch of people staring yeah, exactly. at them. Yeah, exactly. So they, that's what they wanted to find out was whether or not a guy could achieve shy boner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and one of the other jobs you had, did you work for a morgue or a funeral parlor? Yeah, yeah. Um, I worked for a, I was a mortuary driver. Basically. Okay. So I worked for a company that. And that one was brief, right? About yeah. Five five and a half hours. Yeah, five it was hours. so bad. Yeah, <laughs> how, so how bad. did that happen? Like, well, it just—I I thought it'd be a really cool job, like a stony job. Yeah. And, um, so you go there, and a lot of these things are like for residentials, which is somebody who dies in their house, just you know, no 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 criminal motive or anything. Mm-hmm. So you go there, and like uh, the one guy I had was uh, just dead or on the toilet, and he'd been there all night, just oh. kind of crawled. You know, you walk in, his eyes were following you like a doll's eyes. Oh. So you oh. had to like basically pick him up, put him on the gurney. And then you had to straighten out the rigor mortis. So you had to, like, break the bones, you know, break oh. the rigor mortis and stretch them out to get them And this like, was flat. your first and only day? Yes. God yeah. damn it. And wow. I dropped the body, actually. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I was, like, the, the client was out there, and I was wheeling the, the gurney to the van and uh, dropped it. Oh, uh, no. Well, the worst part was of that job, I and mean, A, was 11 bucks a body is what you got paid. You know, not per hour, but per body. So 11 you, bucks a body. So you're sitting there willing, wow, nobody's died yet for this day. Exactly. So, so you're Damn, uh, that's so morbid. You just yeah. kind of hang out on standby. You're just kind of hanging out like a, like a taxi guy. But the guy who was training me got me stoned on my first day. And so the second one, I basically was really stoned doing this body. And that's when I just like, dude, this, that's enough. I just took me back to the office. And yeah, yeah I just – they wrote me a check for a couple of bucks. and like, oh, OK. But, <laughs> Did they yeah. dock you because you dropped him or <laughs> – no, actually, not at all. Actually, they were. I didn't even tell them about that. That was a little, yeah, that little <laughs> secret. Yeah, but uh, they, they kind of figured. I guess most people do that job and just don't last too long on it. Oh, so. I could, I could see why. That seems like a lot of responsibility for, you know, one hour into that job. Yeah, 
Well, and I had to ask about one of your jobs because you you were a private investigator. Well, not or, really. Okay, I mean, I, he completed a class right at the learning okay. annex. Yeah, it's more like a joke that because basically with the learning annex thing, you you aren't legally a, a private investigator, but you can start a private investigation business. Oh, so that's okay. Somehow there's some loophole there, so I can start a business, but I can't like surveil people and but then you have to hire investigators to work for you or something exactly like that. yeah okay yeah. But that's greg's secret dream is to be a private investigator I, yeah me too i think it sounds so cool oh yeah you know, just smoking cigarettes in a car right watching yeah somebody yeah i know <laughs> taking pictures <laughs> yeah <laughs> paid to be a peeper <laughs> yeah there's a private investigator actually or because our bo- uh, you know our building has so many different kinds of businesses and mm. there's a private investigator on our floor he doesn't like us but <laughs> he we've likes tried- us he just doesn't want to come on the show no, I don't. I think it's both of those things. Because <laughs> we had asked him when he was, we was like, "Oh, cool! Do you want to come on the show?" He's like, "No, never. I don't want to do that." <laughs> but we can like mute, like mutate your voice, and nobody will know it's you. No interest in that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So now you've got the book out just about this. So it's uh, according to your press release, eighty-two. So this is your eighty-third job. Yeah, in twenty years, Indeed. that's that's amazing. So they're all just kind of little essays about different the the different jobs. Yeah, basically, um, I, I went to school uh, for journalism, kind of majored in journalism. So I, I love journalism, and um, I read Upton Sinclair's The Jungle, and um, I just the whole meatpacking industry, and I'm like that is yep. a fucking great idea. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of pursued each job like a journalist, kind of like like a spy, like kind of infiltrate this this company, dress the part, look the part, lie my resume, kind of. Make stuff up. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask about that. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that or not. Like oh, yeah. How you got these jobs? So you just yeah. put in a resume appropriate for that job. Well, and- I, I learned uh, after some point. I have like twelve variations of a resume. You know, all kind of like <laughs> highlighting whether it be like retail stuff or writing stuff or you know plumbing stuff. Um, so each job kind of like or each resume kind of highlights a particular career path. And so whatever job is up there, I'll just kind of like go into my little bag and like like Dr. Or, uh, <laughs> like Felix the cat, you know, the little bag, pull out the, the, the proper resume and yeah. Well, and you have some basic rules too for people who are uh, taking new jobs, correct? Yeah, I do. Um, they're, they're on the blog too. But um, yeah, basically like, there's there have some rules for how to start a new job. Mm. Um, but one thing is like if you're going to lie on an application for a job, Always be factual on the first one, like uh, a reference in your past employment. Always be factual on the first one and then bullshit the ones below it because they don't really check. They'll check the most recent one. Uh. And that's the key. That's the key. I believe you. I mean, if you've done this 82 times, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would say you're an expert in it. Yeah. But, like, you know, for starting a new job, uh, my things are never get stoned the first two weeks. I was at reading the job. some of your rules. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Bring a newspaper, never a book. Yeah. Actually, yeah. That's, that's a big one because with a book, you actually you give yourself away. Like, you don't want to give yourself away in the first couple of weeks at a job um, just because you're going to be pigeonholed. You're going to be, there's always nicknames people have for new employees and stuff. And so, a newspaper. It's so ambiguous. Mm-hmm. No one knows what you're thinking. Just says, "Hey, you're a you're." A, oh yeah, because you show a little guy. bit too much of your hand if you're showing what you are interested in exactly. right off the bat. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. Another one: always wear a goddamn blazer. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're wearing a goddamn blazer and right my, now. My new goddamn looks blazer. very sharp <laughs> with the paisley interior. Yeah. <laughs> Is that your TV blazer? It's exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we were talking before, and uh, when we had Brian Pasain on, he was talking about all the old people that were in the audience for AM Northwest, and you said you just actually came from AM yeah. Northwest as well. Yeah, but you had a stuffed bear. Yeah, there was nobody in the audience. I was kind of expecting that. Uh, just after hearing his podcast, and um, there was a little actually a stuffed animal or something kind of sitting in a chair. I don't know if that was that like a joke, be but more it was <laughs> it was creepy. It was really creepy. <laughs> 
Well, people can find out so much about you. So I guess uh, would you prefer to follow you on Twitter at the job at the underscore job pirate? That works, too. Um, that's kind of like news and updates. Uh, mm. I have a Facebook deal just under Brandon Christopher. Um, and then uh, the, 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 the blog, uh, the job pirate kind of. Um, and also there's a website, too, Christopher Literary. Christopher uh, Literary. Or, or maybe it's Brandon Literary. That one just started. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you've had a lot going on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, where can people find the book? Uh, right now, definitely Amazon. It's going to be in bookstores. I'm hoping to get it in Powell's pretty soon. I think Barnes & Noble is going to start carrying it ooh, in the next day or two. Um, cool. I'm hoping to get it in Elliott Bay books. So we're kind of like starting West Coast stuff. And then um, – so I think it's just a matter of it will be everywhere, I'm hoping, uh, yeah. next week or two. Um, so just go out there and start asking about it. How exciting. You'll be able to go around to bookstores and look in and go find your yeah, own books. Exactly. That's awesome. I'm so stoked about that. That is awesome. Well, congratulations on this. I mean it's a great idea. Thanks, I can't thanks think of anything as unique as this. Thank so you. No, I'm really looking forward to reading <laughs> it. You put yourself out there to go through that many jobs, yeah, to come up with this. I know because so. I, I know about the ones that you've you know specifically highlighted in interviews and stuff. I'm excited to learn about the other ones like yeah. the the filler ones that weren't like the crazy porn or you know all yeah. that stuff there's, I, I think with each job there's kind of like something you take away from it there's mm. something at least I took away from it and I try to put that in the stories um, whether I learned something whether I learned something about myself good or bad um, so there's a lot of like just kind of bullshit jobs in there too yeah. I mean, good stories but just kind of shitty you know shipping and receiving jobs that, mm-hmm. that just uh you know, yeah, we've all had yeah. the filler bullshit jobs. Yeah. Greg used to sell pool liners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's door true. to door. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, so you can pick up the book there pretty much anywhere within the next couple of days, but definitely on Amazon. So pick yes. that up. Brandon, thank you so much for coming in. Hey, thanks so much, guys. This is, this is awesome. Oh, you're yeah. wonderful. I love the show, too. Love <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank, thank you very you. much. <laughs> all right, we'll be back in a minute with more Fun Employment Radio. Oh.com. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. All right, that is awesome. I cannot wait to get the book. I can't wait either. Well, we're going to have to fight over it, clearly. Or no. maybe just get another copy or, or, of it. Or we could buy one. That's, or we should, always that uh, we should probably do that too. <laughs> Actually pay for one. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. So send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. I think, uh, I think we've done enough today. We, As we mentioned uh, earlier today, H&R Block is a sponsor of Fun Employment Radio. We're going to meet with Gilbert here this afternoon, Woo, our tax guy. Texas. Yes, indeed. I know. Nothing more exciting than taxes. Oh, God. But I will say this, it does help having a tax guy. Someone who's been audited uh, twice. Not our tax guy, Greg. Me, Yeah, me. Well, I don't know. Maybe he's been audited. I, I don't think didn't. Gilbert's been audited. Well, you don't always have a choice in the matter. It doesn't mean you did bad. It just means they'll I go I thought it meant you. you were dirty. No, it does not mean that. That is not the way that goes. But uh, anyway, H&R Block, uh, fine sponsor for Unplugged Radio. So uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. It is, uh, this has been awesome. So tonight on the Fun Employment Radio Network... You can, of course, tune in at 7.30 p.m. for Guys and Balls. Yes. Guys and Balls. They will be on at about 7.30 p.m. here on Fun Employment Radio. And again, a big thanks to Brandon Christopher. Yes. Pick up his book. Pick up his book. And I like him especially because he was non-judgmental about my dumpster boots, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I'm proudly going to wear to our tax meeting. Dumpster boots. You're going to cart those into there? I'm going to wear them. Oh, man. I look classy as fuck. All right. Yeah. All right. Also, thank you, everyone, for the uh, emails to terrify me. 
about my dream that I was already unnerved about. And now I have that to look forward to. So I don't know whether I've done something terrible or good. Either way, it's uh, it's it's going to give me a nightmare. You really think you're going to find comfort in putting yourself out there like that? No, I know. You should have learned by now. I should have learned. I should have learned. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much. We will be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. Like a bike. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network.